Welcome back to episode 144 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with Anthony. Oh, oh. Welcome back, Hello. Anthony. I've been working. Anthony was actually on the other side of the world. He just came back. Yes. Uh, it He's took him a long time. You know, China, he yeah. was stuck on the other side of the canal. He's finally free. He got here. Uh, we got Grizz up in Buffalo. Grizz. Hi. What's up, man? Hi. <laughs> one one is a, a saying the other is a verb <laughs> that was uh, that was mad, mad libs <laughs> that's anthony's mad libs of the week <laughs> new segment we work work on the song yeah <laughs> yeah we need a jingle for that do you know uh what's his name uh what's his name uh um harvey uh, Keitel. harvey Ke- yeah i'm trying to think of a good jingle guy what was that? Oh, no, um, he didn't write jingles. Never mind. I was like um, Joey Gladstone, but he my was cousin. I Joey think wrote some jingles. <laughs> no, Joey Gladstone. He was the comedy uh, comedian. My my cousin wrote one for I think a place called Taco John's. Not Taco Joe's, Taco John's. Taco John's a Midwest thing. It's great. There's but, one Taco John's Long Island, though, but it's not connected. But I believe he actually wrote one of the jingles like years back, oh, like in the early 2000s. 21st birthday. I, I was in Kansas City, and I went to a Taco John. There you go. Connection. Yeah, connection. Look at that. There you go. You could connect anything in this yeah. world, man. Yeah. I, we were on tour at Vital Remains for all you metalheads. <laughs> <laughs> Chris knows Vital Remains, you know right? Vital Remains. Know Vital you know who they are. Dude, come on. Yeah. I got, I got a lot of good stories. Come so on. Let's just do a podcast. <laughs> talk about Vital Remains. Let's talk about Deicide, Anthony. The, uh, one of the guys who was really cool, who was who was uh, uh, their bassist, also played in. DSI. It couldn't have been yeah. Glenn, right? Yeah. He was, and he was no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> Me and Anthony went and saw Deicide. We saw Deicide with Vital Remains. Yeah, with Vital yeah. Remains before I toured with them. Anthony and I, we were looking around the room. We're like, wow. <laughs> Where did these people come from? <laughs> you're, 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 Grizz, you're an upstate guy. The drummer uh, is the. Um, one of what I was on that tour, Thomas Young, Tim Young, he was uh he was like in like the uh, Divine Heresy, all these other bigger like metal band like Sounds upstate familiar. bands. Yeah, I don't know. Just, Chris only listens I to mean, Dad Rock. Dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steely Dan. He's a big fucking uh, Jethro Tall Chevy really, Chase yeah, fan. You wanna, really? Yeah, You're a Jethro yeah, yeah. Tall oh, guy. I'm a huge fucking Tall fan. Are you kidding me? Do you like Skinner? Cry yeah, me a like, song. You, you like, Get the fuck yeah, out of here. You like Leonard Skinner, bro? You look, you look like you love Skinner. <laughs> I, I do look like I would like Skinner. Believe me, I get that a lot. Like, but I'm, I'm not the big you, fan. I don't care. There's a couple like, good songs. What's that? <laughs> there's a couple good. There's a couple bangers in there, man. In that catalog. <sighs> I, I, 
Not, I Dude, can't get into Skinner. I'm not. I'm not. You're a fan. huge. You're a huge weed eater fan, yeah. and you don't like Leonard Skinner. Well, they do give me back my give bullets, me back man. my bullets. Cover is probably one of the best fucking covers of all time. Dude, even the original song is hard. It the original, original song is good. The weed eater cover, on, man. is fucking bang. That smell. That smell. Come on, you know I'm not into the mainstream <sighs> shit like that, but that stuff, that stuff bangs, man. I think I've been getting that smell in my face since I was a kid. So, like, I'm <laughs> tired. <laughs> <laughs> I never put that sentence together like that. I've been getting that smell in my face my entire life, dude. So, like, I'm just burnt out on that smell being in my face. Hey, you guys got Q1043 up there or no? Nah, dude. <laughs> we got no? the fucking... Oh, my God. We got all kinds of bullshit. 97 Rock is the Buffalo fucking bullshit rock station. With the douche. With the douche. <laughs> With the douche in the morning on 97 Rock. Nick, Nick crawls great, man. So this week... <laughs> they keep on hitting the buttons. Yeah. They keep on hitting the buttons. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, stop How did we that. get to this point? <laughs> hey, so, you're on... <laughs> You look like you're looking for aisle me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So this week we watched the 1979 made for TV vampire Stephen King uh, classic. I I feel like I said it every every week, but pretty much if we're covering it on here, it's a classic to somebody. Classic. Yeah, it is a classic. Salem's Lot. Now, this is an incredibly, I guess, I think overlooked vampire movie in 2021. When you speak to the average person that's watching horror movies, you never hear them bring up Salem's Lot. Now, I get it's a TV movie. It's not gory. There's a lot of shit in it that's pretty fucking scary. Like when, you know, we'll get into it when we talk about the movie more, but... There's some things that may have influenced later films that you may not realize. And even, you know, you can draw correlations to other movies that were directly 100%, you know, fucking influenced by this movie and book. Dude, every time I watch this movie, like, I usually watch it and I go a long time between I watch it, you know, some time later. And in between that time, I forget how amazing this movie is like oh yeah it, it really fucking is like not only is it is it tobe hooper's probably in my opinion best direct directorial film ever that he did like i get texas chainsaw massacre is huge i personally put this above that as being a better yeah. movie or mini series whatever tv it's a fucking movie in my opinion i owned it on tape so it was a movie but like, yeah. I think this is better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre overall as an, as an entire film. This this fucking rocks, dude. Is this better than the Fun House? Oh, totally. This is like I said. This is his best film in my opinion. His best that, work. I is watched right the here. wrong movie. What happened, Anthony? I watched the wrong movie. I thought we were watching the Rob Lowe one. No, I thought <laughs> I thought we were watching Sandlot. Oh, oh no! Is, I'm dyslexic. You know, I just thought it was so close. This isn't Benny the Jet. <laughs> no, no. So, Grizz, I do agree with you. I, I do think, I, like, and I know how like how Big Beard's a big Texas, Texas Chainsaw fan, like huge, and like I am too. I think as. Uh, it's so weird to describe, and I'm trying to find a way without being offensive. It's like Texas Chainsaw is such a great shock, shock movie to watch. It's always a great watch. You can watch a movie 
tonight or tomorrow, it's like you could, it's always great to watch. I feel this is a a better uh, like a film film. Like this is more of a film film than than running and gunning and kind of like you know what I mean. This is like yeah. after this is his money work. This yeah, is good money for sure. movie for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. This is more of a mainstream film. This is something that was on TV. They played it over two nights. You know what I mean? Just like it, just like I was saying the Grizz before, Storm of the Century was another fucked. one. <laughs> the Shining 97. Yep, the Shining remake, which, yeah, not, got not really so, good. Our generation got fucked so hard when it came to good Stephen King TV series, man. Yeah, yeah. What did we get? What did, what did we Storm get? of the Century. Like when Bag like, of Bones? Yeah. Bag oh, of Bones. Man. I mean, we're really uh, the age group for, for us, personally. We're, like, right on the cusp of, like... We could have saw it, but like we probably wouldn't remember it at the age that we Not were. Cognizant. But if we were a few years I, yeah. like older, we probably would have like really enjoyed it, the miniseries. Yeah, I didn't see that on TV. I saw that like on, oh, tape. I saw it on I tape. got the classic yeah. double. I yeah. got the double tape. Yeah, yeah. That it ended in the the it, it, part one ended when they the best scene. It ended when they're looking at the book, and he's <laughs> like he's like there's Tim Curry just like in the background. He slowly jumps up to the screen. It's like, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> I think that the runtime of this is probably what turns a lot of people off, man. Like three hours is a long time to devote to yeah. any movie. Well, you got to remember it was it was done over two nights on its original airing. For sure, they they did release this in theaters over in the UK. This did oh, have really? a theatrical release, man, and it was cut down. I was they say, did cut sure, it down. Yeah. They cut it down like a motherfucker. But, you know, do you really want the cut down version, no. man? Or do you want to sit through the whole yeah. thing? Because I love every minute of this movie. I'm surprised we haven't done this movie sooner. Well, we were saving it for, for a, a good time, you know? When when we did Vampire Month last year or whenever the fuck that was, we, we had a whole bunch of things that we thought people would never have heard of. Right. You know, stuff that people may have never seen. And we thought that, like, maybe we should bring some new things to people's eyes where this is something everybody knows Salem's Lot, you know? Have you watched it recently? Mm, probably not. If you haven't Most watched people... it in the last 10 years, watch it this week. And I and I yeah. promise you, you're going to be like, God damn, this they is right. really good. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, because it's three hours, there's going to be parts where you're like, all right, this is dragging, this is dragging some ass a little bit for me. But the payoffs in between those little bit of a drags are, are I promise you, fire. Yeah, I mean, I've read the book. I read the two other like short stories that are, yeah, well, you know, there's oh, two other short books. stories that are connected to it. Like it's called Jerusalem's Lot, and I think the other one's called One for the Road. And, and the one's, one's a prequel, which is pretty cool. But this movie, to me, has that strange, I guess atmosphere where you don't need the gore in it to make it a good movie you know what i mean does this hold up to the book for you like because like a lot of people will say oh the book is better the movie's better and shit like that do you feel like this is a good adaptation i feel like it's a pretty good adaptation there are obvious differences they roll you know multiple characters into one some things are changed but you know they always have to do that it's very hard to turn a huge novel because it's it's very if I remember correctly it's pretty long oh I'm sure he's, uh, he's like probably coked out of his mind and don't remember yeah. even writing it so <laughs> yeah 
So, you know, Best imagine writer ever. <laughs> imagine trying to turn a huge novel into a movie and include everything. You can't. It would be a boring ass movie. It's and this three movie hours. was long as it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think this is a pretty good uh, adaptation of it. It's the best one. I don't know of, you know, that remake is not really that great. The Rob Lowe one, I, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say to movie. watch it. Yeah. So, And even like Return to Salem Slot, like isn't really that good either. It's kind of, you know, stupid. Yeah, I think Electric that's the only thing I've seen as yeah, far yeah, as like yeah. the so, series of these. Two. Salem's Lot 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Vampire Boogaloo. I, I was saving the, this, this Stephen King story for the next Stephen King episode that we did after The Shining. Because this episode was very serious. I have a very good Stephen King story. Let's hear it, baby. Uh, my old music teacher, Anthony Westcott, he was he's from, Mass- um, from Massachusetts, but I think he lived in Maine for a little bit. And he worked at an album store that apparently right down the block from where Stephen King lived, whenever period it was in his life. Um, I know he's got this big house there in Maine now, but I'm, I'm not sure where it was. But anyway, apparently he would come in the store once a week, like this record store, like go through all the records and CDs at the time and leave. And then one day he came in and just bought like 15 CDs, like a stack of them. He went across the street on the bench where he would sit and like write or read. Usually they, I forget, I miss that. They always see him sit across the street. And he went there and my teacher said, I saw him just trying to open up CDs like one by one and he was getting frustrated like <laughs> getting angry and throwing shit and like freaking out and yelling and he said he came out I was like hey do you want me to open all these for you inside and he brought the CD and he, he took the do you remember the CD yeah, play, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. CD openers he, and he just said here you you want one he's like and he just loved it so I guess from then on he was a routine he would buy like a bunch of CDs and sit on a bench just open them and like read the book and, <laughs> and, and not like he had like one CD player you put one on listen read the thing close it that's pretty cool but though appara- he but apparently he was like unhinged pretty... unhinged he just was ripping a car he said like I, when I tell you he just was like motherfucker trying to open up these was, he all, was that during like his drug phase like was he it had to be my teacher Oh, it's 06 when he, when he was my teacher. It had to be early 90s. He was, he was my teacher was like maybe in his mid-30s at the time. So yeah, yeah, it had to be early 90s. He said he was like a kid. Was he was he still like going oh, wild in the early sure 90s? On, uh, he was still partying, I promise you. He seems cool. I don't know. I haven't. Yeah. I don't have any complaints about Stephen King now. No. R.L. Stein, on the other hand, oh, I am yeah. not a fan. Yeah, no? I might try to get an interview with him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tried to get an interview with him. Told me he didn't have time for that. Oh like, really? Well, fuck you. <laughs> you have like three good books. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, fuck you, dude. I love three that. good stories. Okay. Haunted <laughs> mask. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't even uh, the haunted dummy. Yeah. And uh, well, what is your favorite Goosebumps story? I, I don't mean to be a loser, but it's got to be Haunted Mask, man. Haunted Mask. That no. thing's good. Well, the show, the TV movie's great. I'm not gonna be able I'm to fucking think of the, the name of. I'm my talking favorite. about the books. You know, my favorite books were. It wasn't a regular one. It you was the Choose Your, your own Adventure one. I remember that. Yeah. Boom. I had that. Boom. I was just going to say that. My favorite Those one is this one about ones. these, like, it's like medieval or some shit. And you got to oh, pick tar- your fucking Night pages. Tower Tower. What'd you say? Night and Tower Tower. Night and Tower Tower. That's the one, dude. That was originally the one of the books, and then they made it into... It was a normal book, and then they made it into a pick your ending book. After. Yeah, the pick your ending yeah. shit ruled. I love that. I think I had one that was like in a mansion. I don't know what the name of it was, but it was like you were in a haunted house. 
and it was a choose your own adventure. Dude, so for good, some man. reason, like, dude, like, that's like one of the only ways that I was ever like really into reading when it was like some stupid shit like that, where I was like able to like pick some stuff or solve a mystery or some bullshit. I don't know, like, man, I have such a hard time reading. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need to be stimulated as you're going. Yeah, dude, I'm a visual are you a hardy learner boy for fan? sure. Now. No. No. No, Grizz is, though. Grizz loves, Grizz the, loves hardy the Hardy Boys. Not oh, dude, that was. Uh, I'm hard for the Hardy Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not Matt and Jeff, dude. <laughs> We're talking about the other Hardy Boys. Oh, my OG Hardy Boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> solve some mysteries in this case. So, one thing I have to say about this is when you are watching this movie, do you put this against any movie or do you put this against tv movies i i consider it a movie dude like i like like i will constantly just call this a movie because i don't consider it a miniseries because i wasn't alive in the fucking 70s to watch it on tv i've always watched this either on a dvd or a cassette tape so because this Columbo in the background there yeah. <laughs> excuse me but you know <laughs> um so like i said this was uh, a tv movie that was released theatrically also in the uk it was filmed in california the whole facade of the marston house was you know it was fake they burnt it to the fucking ground at the end oh, spoiler yeah. alert <laughs> Uh, do you feel like you could tell that that house is basically a prop that they had a that they built it specifically just like to look that way it wasn't actually mm-hmm. fucking crazy because um, that's a big difference in the book the house is huge like it looms over the fucking town you know it's like a mansion I definitely didn't get that vibe I didn't get the whole looming no. over the town vibe it definitely looked just like a, a shitty house on the edge of town and I will say that like once they were inside at towards the end of the movie, I'm like, this house is not that fucking big on the outside. <laughs> like, where yeah, are all these yeah. rooms coming yeah, where from? Where are these rooms? Jeez. <laughs> um, I, I still think they did a good job. It looks cool, but yeah. it could have been bigger. But what can you do? I always, I always get freaked out when like the Psycho House wasn't was a was a set. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's weird. Still blows my mind. It's yeah. like that's not a real fucking house. Mike's like favorite movie. Right? He knows all about it. <laughs> yeah, huge. Oh, he, yeah, he, the other day he's like, dude, Vince Von Psycho is my favorite fucking movie. I love it. I love it. Give yeah, me a shot for shot remake of anything. Yeah. I'll, Give me it. And you, oh, Grizz will probably like this too. Instead of uh, when they go into the gas station, instead of playing some like like rock song from like the 60s or 50s of the first Psycho, it was like Rob Zombie was playing. Yeah. The car. Yeah. The car the Dragula. Car. Yeah. It was right when you pull up. I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. I don't watch any movie unless fucking Dragula is playing at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's oh, pretty Don't worry. If, the, if it's the year 1998 to 2000, there's a good 35 films movies for you yeah. from. <laughs> yeah. Go listen to our Idle Hands uh, episode that we released. Where Earlier, they play yeah. Dracula in the movie, so you know it's a good one. Hot take: Ramstein's track on that makes your soundtrack's better. Oh, <laughs> Ramstein rules, dude. Both still both, to this day. Both versions of Duhas is better than. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll still get you pumped up, right? Yeah. That still makes you want to fucking go yell at your parents, I don't right? Know what the fuck they're saying, <laughs> but man, do I feel it, dude! I bought that CD. On a school field trip to Washington D.C. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like instead of buying like Duhas. a fucking souvenir, I bought a Ramstein CD. I was in what 
what grade? I don't even remember what fucking grade I was in. But I was like putting it on my fucking CD player. I was like, damn, this is fucking awesome. Listening to it on the bus. I remember getting the Matrix soundtrack, and that was like three Rob Zombie songs, two versions of Ramstein. It's just Hellbelly Deluxe. Yeah, insert any band from that time that wasn't that was not featured in that movie. And then right after that, Twisted Method. And after I got that, what was it? I saw on TV because we just got cable at the time. Um, Werewolf in pa- American Werewolf in Paris. Oh, another one. And I think Ramstein's playing. They're the actually in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, Ram- this is the band that's on the soundtrack, <laughs> and uh, that's better than Rob Zombie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, school trip. Airlines Arena, man, fucking Ramstein. Dude, My fucking school trip. They sent us to like Washington D.C. when I was in like I think I was in like eighth grade or some shit for like a you know it was like end of the year trip for the class that was probably my trip Ed. that was probably the same year that I went, I went so like Philly. they made the mistake of like putting me and my boy Donnie in the same like hotel room and it was just the two of us in there and we fucking trashed this oh. hotel. dude we broke all the furniture really we, yeah oh, we put all we put the mattresses see. on the grounds and like we had all of our friends come to the room and like we were like fucking jumping all over the place like surfing on the tables and shit so we trashed this fucking in, place bro? dude and we got in so much trouble i spent the last two weeks of the fucking school in the eighth grade in in-school suspension like taking all my finals and shit and fucking in wow. school. <laughs> so you were always a problem child, oh, dude, man. Day one, Why did man. you trash the room? Why are you so angry? He what thought ha- he was in Motley Crue. What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I was a rock so star then. I'm a rock star now. Where, I just lived life. Where were you, DC? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was in DC. Yeah, his his. <laughs> then when he got home, got his ass fucking dude, my beat. My dad right? was so pissed because they had to pay for all of that shit, dude. Like yeah. it was wow. They got billed for everything, man. Because the school how got much billed was it? for it. So like, Do you know how much it was? My parents. Do you know how much it was? I have no idea, dude. I, it, it was probably yeah. like you know, it was a grand at least. Because I mean, we fucking destroyed. I'm talking. If it was in that hotel room, it was in fucking pieces, dude. Yeah. dude I don't know what we were thinking. Anywhere. It's like, obviously, we're going to get in trouble for this. But it's like, once the first thing breaks, we're like, all right, it's 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 a go now. Because, like, yeah. we're already well, in trouble. for your conventions. We swear we're good people. Dude, my fifth grade trip was to, um, to Philadelphia to see the Liberty Bell. And that was it. Like, they what? just took us there for the livery belt. That was that You got out, out, saw the livery they, like, belt, not, and went home? They didn't even take us to the Rocky Steps. Fucking. You just saw the liberty belt annoying, and went home. Which is annoying now. The Rocky Steps are fucking. Like, I don't even want to say it. Fuck him. Do you guys go on a I whale watch? It's probably not a big nah, thing for you guys. Fuck him, right? dude. Do, do, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. For ta- yeah fuck Stallone for taking out the robot in the Rocky Four. Hey, yo, I'm um, Sylvester Stallone. Do you know my brother Frank? Hey, you know, I sold my dog to uh, play Rocky. <laughs> and got him back at a pay action. That's walking. That's so, <laughs> so, why don't we hit the trailer? And uh, I feel like we're already talking about the movie, but let's officially talk about the movie. Let's get it in there. Do you believe a thing can be inherently evil? The Marston House, for instance. How do you like that old house? Needs work, but we have time. Open the window. He commands it. <laughs> Quiet little town of Salem's Lot. Oh, it's only all just happened since. Since I came here. <laughs> no! 
Well, well. Tried to rape me. The vampires are creating vampires. Hey, this thing is moving. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Bill, Bill! Where are you, Benny, darling? Mr. Barlow is on a buying trip, but the moment he arrives, he'll enjoy Mr. Barlow. Salem's Lot, one of the best vampire movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, I guess I'll do the synopsis since it was my idea. A small town with a dark past now has to deal with an even more evil present. That was pretty good. How about that? That that I think that's uh that's, that's probably the best that we're gonna come up with because like yeah. there's there's a couple different storylines here, so to like kind of wrap it up in a synopsis. It's a little bit yeah. tough. I mean, you guys didn't hear it because I obviously cut the 17 <laughs> other tries that I did for that synopsis. Jesus Christ. It is kind of hard to do because it is a vampire movie, but there's other, you know, it's, yeah. there's tons of other things going on in it. <clears throat> so like, okay. So like if I was going to give it, okay. So like maybe I, I would, cause you started with like the whole evil town thing. So like, I'm thinking like. Uh, a returning, you know, local from uh, his childhood returns to his his hometown as a you know a writer type of thing. To uh, that's how I would approach it, but I totally get it because that's like its own story. But really, it's also a story about this town dealing with this evil presence that is surrounding this house. So it's like, man, there's like these two battling. That's what probably yeah. makes this movie so good is that it's full of fucking storyline. Well, if I remember correctly, in the novel. I think Hubie Marston, who originally built the house, he actually is in contact with Kurt Barlow, aka the vampire and Straker, over, you know. Oh, no shit. They're, yeah, they're over in, I think, Austria. I think that's where they're from uh, originally. But he is apparently like in cahoots with them. That's why he's actually like an evil being. So, like, the evil was already. Uh, planted in the town and it just spread and I guess them finally come uh, coming over made it you know start to really become an issue now so I think I would like that idea of like the story maybe kind of digging a little deeper into the the idea of the house being that really oppressive figure that is like that he believes it to be if they maybe yeah. were to like go a little heavier into that and that have that person who built the house be like you know he did make this house evil and it's not just a vampire story it's about this fucking oppressing house on this town i think that's that that could be kind of cool yeah because hubie marston was like a mafia hitman and then he he built that house when he retired and then like started killing people in the town and then he killed his wife and himself because that's the whole setup for the movie that ben uh ben mears comes back because when he was a kid, he went into the house trying to fucking join this club. You know what I mean? On a dare, the Bloody Pirates. That's a gang that you probably are going to be uh, in one day, right? <laughs> uh, you don't even know uh, if I'm already in it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I see that. I see that skull with the bat wings, man. That's <laughs> I, run, I run with some Bloody Pirates. Be, be, be careful, yeah. all right? But when he goes in, he sees the vision of Hubie Marston hanging and like fucking opening his eyes and like trying to get him or whatever. And that scars him for life. And that's what really kicks off, you know, his part of, you know, this story, because the actual movie itself starts as a, you know, post 
you know, Salem's Lot sequence. It's Ben Mears. Oh, in Mexico, right? yeah. They're in like Guatemala or some shit, right? Yeah, it's Ben Mears and Mark Petrie in Mexico, I think. Yeah. I think they're in Mexico. I, I, I don't know why I didn't write that down. But they're obviously on the run, and it's obviously some time later. Because, well, not sometime, but I think it's only supposed to be a few months. I, re- I think it's only like a handful of months in between uh, the ordeal in Salem's Lot and that. Now, here's the thing. Do you guys like when movies do that? When you already know that these two guys are going to survive because it's obviously like post whatever. On first watch, I don't mind because I'm not 100% sure if that's really what I'm watching. You know, like now that I know, it's like, oh, yeah, this kind of gives it away. But first time viewing, you're like, oh, this is, you know, now I I don't know what point in the story it's going to catch up with what I've already saw. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, I feel like they actually uh, will have a sequence like that, but it's actually from maybe like three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, where I, I feel like these older movies, they actually always... It was either the beginning or the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't really try to trick you because I guess they didn't want the audience to really have to think too much. (laughs) To revolt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at least, you know, the Ben Mears character is extremely likable. The Mark Petrie character is extremely likable. You know what I mean? So at least it's two characters that you really enjoy seeing on the screen. Ben Mears is like a cool writer, you know, writing novels, not from Greece too. Uh, and <laughs> well, Mark he's, he's fucking Hutch from I mean, from Starsky and Hutch. So yeah, he's, he's a smooth operator. And Mark Petrie is like, if you're watching a movie like this and you're enjoying, you know, what's on the screen, that was you. You were Mark Petrie at that age, liking all the fucking crazy monster movies and shit like that. I remember my dad saying, you wearing all these monster shirts. Why are you always wearing these shirts? <laughs> because I'm fucking weird. <laughs> That's what I like, Dad. But the dad does have a have a point. He's like, you know, I wish he did something that would like make you some money. <laughs> you know, I like I like when they were talking about that conversation. He's like, well, I like monsters, Dad. He's like, you you like numbers, so you found a career in numbers or some shit. It's like, yeah, is that a thing? Likes like numbers. That's like the dorkiest like, shit to like. It's like, oh, like. Anthony like Anthony's dad like mailing packages. So he. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they try to get me to go to UPS. You did work at UPS. Yeah, for two months. I remember you being fucking miserable. I hated that fucking place. That place sucked. Anthony used to sleep in his car sometimes, right? You would like fucking. Fuck. No, I've definitely had a job that I've slept. In. It was an overnight job that I slept in my car when I should have been working for sure. That's fucking crazy. No, I would sleep. In, I would sleep in the car because I would be out late. And I would, instead of like going home and sleeping at like one o'clock in the morning, I would just drive over to Hempstead and just like sleep in the parking lot well, until it was my time of my shift. Well, there was always people there, so it wasn't weird if there was like a car yeah, in the parking lot, it right? It was miserable. Yeah, Yo, that's not a that's that's a dude, rough get this job, shit. man. That's a rough so, like, shift. I'm probably like 22, and I go through this temp agency to get this fucking job. And they put me at this like freeze-dried food factory that's like around here. And so basically, like, I'm working overnight by myself in the entire factory just because somebody has to be there to watch these freeze dryers as they freeze dry food overnight and shit. But, like, I was also supposed to, like, clean and stuff, which I barely did. I didn't keep this job very long, mind you. 
But like, I would like go to my car because I'd be like the only one there. So I'd like go and smoke in my car and then like pass out listening to Coast to Coast at like 2 a.m. Oh my God. And like wake up at four like, oh fuck, I slept through most of my shift. (laughs) That was a good time. I did a a few overnight security gigs. Uh, Very boring. Very, uh, very spooky when you're down by the uh, the train tracks in a place where the mafia just stole a bunch of files the week before. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. <laughs> That's the thing too. They're like, oh, go like you know, because there's a huge fucking like building at night, and they're like, you gotta walk around and make sure the homeless people aren't sneaking in anymore. And I'm like, so what the fuck am I supposed to do if I find them? Like, yeah, you're spraying just, with the hose. You please leave. Yeah, you got like the whole like street trash thing going on, right? And it's just you. You're gonna get murdered back there. Seriously, they're gonna have their way with you. They're fucking tenafly. <laughs> what do you think about the whole like striker? dynamic where he's kind of like the human familiar but he's got super strength right he's also i guess old too you know what i mean i guess he has like longevity uh what do you think about these things i mean i remember the whole familiar thing the most from blade (laughs) you know what i mean that was a big thing from the first one like with uh there was always like the fucking familiar it's like oh no he's not a vampire he's just one of their pets (laughs) But what do you think about that? Do you think uh, it, it's like an effective tool in a vampire movie to have that human be the first interaction and you save the actual vampire master for like a bigger reveal or like as a bigger foe towards the end? I think, I mean, I, I personally, the whole, the companion thing is important in, in a vampire movie because it's just like in Fright Night. I mean, that, that, that companionship there. Is what makes the movie for me because like it's this cool dynamic of like i don't know i don't know man because it's it does have some like undertones of like you know you don't know what's going on between these two dudes whatnot or whatever's going on but i i, I don't know it's this element of like I, I to me a vampire has to have that because it's like part of the lore that like he controls somebody that has to take care of him while he's yeah, sleeping yeah. you know like it, it's kind of like it's a necessity to the vampire lore so it, yeah you have it, it in it bram stoker's dracula you have it in uh what's the well, other it's, one it's everything yeah they have it in almost every vampire movie will have some sort of familiar except darkness <laughs> yeah that shit well, he don't give a fuck yeah i mean a he lot of those like low shit. budget like you know yeah gory vampire movies they don't really follow like the traditionalist vampire you know set of rules and stuff like that but i do think when you have a character like that it makes it like a more imposing foe like he's he's he don't give a fuck he's not afraid of anybody he's just tearing through anything where when you have the familiar it's almost like the vampire's kind of weak you know what I mean? Where you have to have somebody doing your shit for you because you can't leave your house during the day. You what have I, to have somebody constantly watching so nobody stakes you while you're sleeping, you know? See, what I don't... Well, the one thing I don't care... I, I guess I can't say that I don't care for it, but one thing I, I wouldn't find to be true in this situation would be that, like, uh, with the companionship in, in you know, uh, Fright Night and with this one with, with Straker, they have, like, supernatural abilities, these... Uh, these you know people that are with the vampire whereas I don't think that would necessarily be the, the case I think that a vampire would probably go through many familiars throughout its longevity of its you know never ending life where it would just be a mortal 
that they're using and controlling through their like you know telepathy and stuff like that to do this kind of work for them i don't think it would be like some other supernatural being that has these powers that would also just be hanging out with a fucking vampire well a common theme is that the familiar always wants to be turned into a vampire and they end up getting tricked right you know and what i, I like mean they, don't, they never actually become one where they hold it over them for whatever reason. They'll turn everybody else into a vampire except that person. <laughs> Best one is in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. The fucking girl uh, oh, familiar. So good in that. Yeah. I love the fights between the werewolf people. Because do you do you feel like all the you know vampires in this movie, you know, you obviously have Kurt Barlow, who's the master, you know, the head vampire. Now, are all those other vampires just like lesser vampires? You know what I mean? Or are they just as strong as him? Because you see all these people fucking, you know, the glicks, they're literally flying. Yeah. They're floating in the air. You know what I mean? Doing all sorts of crazy shit. Does that, does that like come with being a vampire? All of a sudden now you're like this super fucking human where you could fly, turn into well, things like. Are you asking like if. What makes the master vampire the master vampire? Yeah, like because I think it's just um, seniority. And yeah, uh, I honestly, <laughs> dude, dude, I honestly think that's what it is because really? when Jersey he once bitten, okay. Well, <laughs> well, when he dies, when he gets staked, they all stay vampires. Yeah, you know what I Which mean. Which is something so, I don't find to be true. Oftentimes, I feel a lot of times it's like I like the lore when you kill the head vampire. Like if you kill the person, the vampire that made you a vampire that in turn either like kills you or then sets you free from that curse. I've seen that plenty of times in the in well, vampire history where I kind of like that a little bit more is then it's like, oh, you killed the master. Now all these other fucking vampires are still vampires. Like, I don't, I don't like that aspect of it. Yeah. Like, well, don't mean to be, but interview of the vampire, they did the whole, uh, when he thought he <laughs> killed spoiler, when they thought he kills Tom Cru Cruise, the other vampire, it was like, it was the same thing, a freedom in the sense of control. Like they killed him because him and the young vampire wanted to run away yeah. and get away from him. So that type of free, I'm a, I'm, I, I, I think I'm a fan of that. And I'm also a fan of kill one, the whole line, bloodline dies, but I do, there's a part of me, which I wish it was done better of a vampire breaking out of being under some kind of spell or like, ownership over a higher vampire to see how they live amongst the rest of their lives. Yeah, like yeah, like like, I'm also a fan of that one too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you got Blade, the Daywalker. <laughs> it all comes back thinking, to Blade. <laughs> dude, I love Blade. Blade is that too, Blade yeah. series is fucking awesome. You like the one with Triple H? Yeah, I do. With Dracula? Vlad, bro? He's coming back. <laughs> okay. I I find all the Ryan Reynolds is in that one, right? I think he's in three. Yeah. Little, little dog is in that. Little Pomeranian's in that one. That's a good movie, man. Whistler's back, right? <clears throat> so we were talking a lot about like the casting in this movie. And the, like, the, a lot of the big roles have been like, you know, they're great. The people that are, are filled into them are really good. But I feel like what makes this movie so, when I, like I said, movie, whatever, miniseries and shit. What makes this movie so great is that uh, even the smallest of roles, I feel are casted so well and they're played so yeah. impactfully in this movie. Like, like one of my favorite characters in the movie, it's not a likable character, but I think adds so much to it is the, the head of police, the constable, <laughs> Parkins Gillespie. 
uh, played by <laughs> Kenneth McMillan. What a fucking great name, Constable Gillespie. But like Jeez. his his entire attitude, the way this dude plays the character is so fucking perfect. Yeah, I mean we have Fred Willard playing fucking Larry Crockett or whatever as the realtor. And bag. He, yeah, he's banging his his secretary. Boom, That's boom, Betty, crit. baby. <laughs> yeah, that dude. When when his uh, when the husband comes home and catches them together and he's got the shotgun that's Heavy crazy scene. yeah he's got the unloaded shotgun right and he has him hold it in front of his face and he pulls the triggers shit dude that's crazy while he's wearing those little boxers oh the silkies <laughs> baby those are the ones yeah and dude Fred, Fred Crockett's a fucking sellout too because he helped them get the house he kinda I think has an idea that something weird is going on yeah you know like money, they he's in it for the quick buck and the quick fuck Exactly. Well, I like that, man. That's a good. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but even like casting a character like that, dude, Fred Willard's great in that role. You know what I mean? He's believable as kind of a goofy fucking idiot that's just out for himself, Young really. Too, you dude. know, like you'd, you'd almost even recognize him. He's got this big, like, poofy pompadour hair and shit. It looks great, dude. <laughs> How can't you recognize him with that suit on? Jeez. <laughs> he looks like fucking, what's his name? What's Will Ferrell's name from uh, Anchorman? Oh, um, uh, Ron Burgundy? Yeah, he looks like fucking Ron Burgundy <laughs> in this movie. Well, this, is, this is the generation. <laughs> I personally love the fucking children vampire, too, in the movie. Oh, the I think boys. they look so good, dude. The, the Glick brothers, they both look yeah, fucking dude. awesome. When they're coming outside the window, oh, like, oh, let me in, shit, come play. All spooky. Yeah, with all the fucking the smoke and the way that it's lit, it's really creepy. I love it. Like, shot in reverse in the- too, because like the smoke is like everywhere when they first come and as they enter the room, but it's like shot in reverse, so the smoke actually like goes back from behind them and shit. It looks so cool. I I like both things with that, and then when what is that, Danny? is the one that's in the in the actual grave when Mike Rearson, Ryerson, whatever, the, the grave digger. I don't remember what his last name was. The grave digger gets bit by him. Like in broad daylight though. Yeah. Like that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that was that's pretty creepy too. Thing of that. Well, uh, maybe he's kind of in the shade, so he just killed him and then, <laughs> you know, shot it. He's in a shadowy grave. It's okay. <laughs> Do we... I don't think we see any of them actually get killed by daylight in this movie, though. So that may not even be a thing. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, because why is he in a casket then? You know, why is yeah, Barlow day, in a yeah. casket? So it has at the to end, be. they're like, oh, the sun went down. They made it a point to be like, oh, the you know, the sun is going down. So something's going to happen. Yeah, it's relevant. Yeah. It's relevant. I just really like the whole fucking uh, the Ben Mears, Mark Petrie dynamic at the end. Like where it's just really them against like everybody else. Cause uh, Ben Mears comes back to town and he meets a girl, Susan Norton. Right. And she's kind of no help. She like an idiot runs into the fucking house after uh, Mark, which causes more problems. Yeah, you're just putting yourself in harm's way, lady. Her dad is uh, pretty useful. He's like the town doctor or like the chief something because he's doing autopsies over in the hospital but he ends up dying from a booby trap the fuck's up with this family um you know it's it's really funny to me though how at the end 
when it's just uh, Mark Petrie and Ben Mears, they both just look fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like they both have that look. Like they just—they're just traumatized from what the hell just happened. I like they Mears both is lost like everything. Five o'clock shadow beard that he's got going on there too. Like he looks like he has these like not shower. Yeah, they look rough, dude. And it does look—it looks believable that they've been on the run for a while. I, I love that aspect of it. I even like—I'm talking about when they're even in the house. Like oh, really? Like they before Barlow. The- yeah, you could see like he looks nuts because he just had to kill a fucking vampire that he didn't even <laughs> know existed like a week ago. Uh, his girlfriend is, you know, presumed dead at this point. Uh, this little kid's fucking whole family is dead. Everybody pro- they know is dead. That's a problem That's- I have. He just he just assumes that that bitch is dead. He doesn't ever see her in the house. Does not see her once. And then lights the fucking house on fire, not knowing his girlfriend is alive or dead. He wanted out of that relationship, bro. He was like, I'm in too deep. I gotta get I don't give a fuck if she's alive or dead. It's marshmallow time. I'm up in flames. Talk talk about fucking ghosting, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, just come on, just leave town, bro. Like that's too much. Well well, no, instead of him just not talking to her, he literally turned her into a ghost. That's right. I do love Ghosting. that whole I do love that whole aspect of like burning the house and it just burns the whole fucking town down. Yeah. Because that has to do with like earlier, like there was a town fire and everything got burned up except for like that. You know what I mean? Like it was saved by some unknown force. And this time, like that burning led to the whole town burning too. So well, it also like kind of leads back to what you were saying about how like the book it kind of leads to being that like the house is more of a giant menacing figure over the town. So if it was to burn, it would make sense that it would catch the whole town on fire if it was like literally looking over the town and shit. So like yeah, I, yeah. I like it's that connected, aspect. Connected like it. at the roots, like it's all intertwined. Yeah, you know what cool. I mean? It's another. It's another creepy Stephen King main town, right? So I'm a I'm a I'm like a huge uh, original Nosferatu fan. I think the film yeah. is groundbreaking, and like I think that that the look of Nosferatu was incredible, especially when you think about the time period that that was made. Max Shrek, baby. Yep, such a good movie. And, you can watch it free anywhere. And it's like the fact that they use that for for this movie as a basis for how the vampire looks i think is yeah. fucking genius i think that needs i was to be gonna done say more. that yeah i was in a, i agree with you because i just wanted to make sure like also if anybody else like if you could point out another reference that's or like it's weird if you could, if someone could point out a, an, or another reference to that version of vampire or dracula or whatever like the nasaratu version uh-huh like I don't really it's usually like you don't I, I can't recall any earlier like influence versions of it besides this yeah like until this happened yeah because usually it's just like the classic Dracula you know slick back hair yeah. versions of slick back the sexy side. vampire yeah, yeah. this was like the first time I've seen a callback to that yeah that I could I could remember if there, there's probably other ones but the, I th- at least in mainstream this would be like the first like kind of, real like, ugly like fucking and it yeah. scared the shit out of me when i was a kid dude like it really this like movie got me when i was young oh hell yeah dude oh hell yeah do you find any of the kills in this movie particularly uh like you know 
gross or anything like that. Do you I guys think everything in this is kind of tame? Very tamed. I fucking hate that word, dude. Just to, just up, just to, uh, which I, one? I, particularly? Particularly. I can't fucking say it, and it pisses me off so much, dude. Particularly. 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 Par- particularly. Right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I I don't think there's any like kill that like grosses me out or anything, but. A scene that I absolutely love, it's probably my favorite of the movie, is uh is um Barlow in the fucking kitchen with the kid and the priest, and they're oh doing my like God. The, the bargaining and shit just to see him in the kitchen and put full your cross light down, there. holy man. You <laughs> against the master. Put your cross down. Your faith against his faith. The best scene in the movie for me. I Dude, that love is it. there's there's two moments in this movie that always make me go like fuck yeah it's when that that whole sequence where the house starts shaking and the fucking like cape comes through the window and then turns into barlow and then straker just like walks you know (laughs) and casually i love myself in (laughs) yeah i love that and then i love right when uh uh ben mears is struggling with barlow to kill him with the stake and you see uh, Mark like by the little doorway, and you see the vampires crawling out from like that crawl space. Yeah, and like to move it's behind them. Com- yeah, it's coming out of the darkness, and it's so creepy because they look like almost like an evil dead deadite, right, dude? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Mike looks exactly like Ash's friend from the from fucking Evil Dead. Oh yeah, he really does. The, the blonde dude does he have blonde hair in Evil Dead? The dude that's wearing like the dress shirt. You know what so. I mean? Uh I feel like they look very similar when they're both turned. And that gives that very like creepy demonic you know, they don't even look like vampires. They look like fucking zombie demons coming out of the goddamn darkness. Oh, but yeah. I feel like that's one of the scariest parts in the movie. And there's nothing really even to it. You know what I mean? You barely see anything. It's just fucking really like imagine being in that situation where you don't even know these things are coming out of this area now. Like these horrific looking vampire creatures. So were you guys for like for me, for my first time watching when I was a kid, I, I love the movie in, 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 in its whole but like for now, me watching it later in life, I keep finding myself wishing that the, the the real death of Barlow was more climatic than what it really is. You don't like the paper mache like thing just disappearing, like yeah. like a cigarette ash, just kind of. I don't. I don't mind that. I just wish there was more. There was more conflict between. Uh, between Ben and Barlow at that moment. I wish there was like this this big hurrah of a fucking finale that he then finally stabs him not just like oh he opens the case and here we go we're going to work yeah, on there it us i wish there yeah, was like barlow issue. fights back a little they have like a fucking tussle and shit and then he ends up killing him i, I just wish it was more more action-packed of an ending of barlow yeah well straker just takes a few bullets and well not a few he takes a fucking <laughs> chest a full round yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so he he gets dispatched, and then really once he's gone, there's really nobody to help Barlow when he's in that vulnerable position. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine somebody attacking you, as, like you're sleeping, and you just get attacked by a guy with a stake. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna be no matter how strong you are, you're still fucked. Is it like you know what I mean? Rare or is it like overcooked? It really depends. <sighs> steak and eggs, baby. 
He can hit uh, me with a fucking medium rare. And I'll be <laughs> but, well, even at first, the stake is in his chest. You know what I mean? But then he takes the actual hammer and like, you know, finishes yeah, the job. Home. Yeah. But I do feel like you can't really tell that he's dead upon like that last hit of the hammer. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, just I'm expecting like, him to like, you know, the jump, sh- the jump scare. Like I'm expecting something more. Yeah. Like I said, and then, it's very anticlimactic. I'm expecting more to happen than fucking tissue paper boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get us wrong. Apart. It's still awesome. It's still great. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I love his little teeth. They're adorable. It's I would just, take you know, that skull with me. I would take that thing in a heartbeat. Oh, I'd be like, yeah. you're coming with me. It's a keeper. You know what? I want to know who fucking, who does he serve? <laughs> you know? Who's his higher power? Who's the, yeah, who's the higher power? That's a good question. Because there definitely Probably is one. Man, I'm telling you guys right yeah. now. Oh, I got, I got a real shit. good feeling. It was me. Yeah, it's <laughs> me. <laughs> it was me the whole time, Austin. <laughs> Oh, oh god damn <laughs> yeah. what does the air do yeah oh yeah. what the hell <laughs> I remember watching that and being like what the what the hell I was is so going pissed on? Ruined you kidnapped your own daughter you, you know what so overall this movie like the corporate it, ministry was a very underrated faction okay. <laughs> I actually I actually agree with that it was it, it I was under, agree with that no 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 it made it stupid right from the get go it was me, Austin. Oh, that's what no, that's, that'll <laughs> be good forever. the beginning and the end of it. <laughs> uh, but this movie, for a TV movie, I feel like is probably scarier than something like uh, that Shining remake. I think it's scarier than oh, the original yeah. It. Yeah, I would, sure. I, I I would say it is. I mean, I know we both say like you have to see these things in HD sometimes. The video does my my uh, cigarette case video that i have that <laughs> was in you know uh what was marge simpson's sister's names patty and selma's fucking house yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think i have patty and selma's version of salem's lot but you know the video kind of smooths everything out where you don't see some of the imperfections of the time and it really does give it that like creepy old vibe like a how torso feels that way when you watch oh, the yeah. like the prism release or um, you know, uh, Bay of Blood, like that fucking the MPI release is fucking sick. You know what I mean? Like it gives it that kind of dirtiness, I guess. That you, that adds to the whole feeling when you're watching a Fulci movie. Like you want it to fucking look grimy. It's aged. Yeah, you know, it has that patina, like a f- fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> fine wine right when i exactly. slap in my video violence one and two it's like let me smell that shit uh so why don't you guys uh give me your final thoughts on this movie man completely underrated uh i think that uh this isn't something that you need to watch you know like maybe even like not even once a year but it's something to something to revisit every once in a while because uh, like like Mike said it from the jump, it's just not something that people talk about when you hear about vampire movies. And uh, honestly, this to me is probably one of the strongest vampire movies ever made. Yeah, Anthony, I feel like when you talk about vampire films, I feel like everyone's brains automatically go to like other movies. But meanwhile, like all three of us like this movie. Yeah, and I feel like the word that every time I, I could come in my head that when we talk about this movie is very reliable it's always going to be a good movie to watch a a good movie to cycle in and out yeah and also it's one of those films where you're like you forget how good it is until you watch it but then also it's like still like tomorrow if like we would go like 
name some of your favorite vampire movies, and I would probably just go, I like not saying I don't like this, but I like instinctually I'll pick other ones before it. Yeah. But meanwhile, I watch this movie all the time. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, it's like Dawn it's of the weird. Dead, man. It's a weird you just thing. fucking it's watch good. it at any time. Yeah. I agree. This is a fucking. This is a classic beyond a classic. Yeah. Is. This is this is this in darkness. My favorite vampire oh, movie. You didn't say that earlier. Well, you know, Dracula Dead and Loving It. I that's, that's a good a, movie, dude. That, that's a <laughs> hey, Leslie Nelson. Nelson for me, honestly. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nelson. The Nelsons. Uh, Leslie Nelson. <laughs> that's Leslie. his brother. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense to the last name. <laughs> go fuck yourself, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> go go find this movie. I think it's still cheap on VHS. You can rent it on Amazon. You can buy a Blu-ray of it that I think I got for five dollars from uh, Best Buy. It's really worth it. It's a it's a good Stephen King adaptation. It's done by Toby Hooper. If you're a fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is nothing like that, but it's okay because it's better. Let's head over to the video drop box. Wow, that was a mouthful. We're back in the video Dropbox, and we think we're going to stay in the Stephen King realm, actually. It's time. Storm of the century. No, no, no. <laughs> it's time to do the 1996 gypsy horror classic. Thinner. No. It, yeah, we are doing Thinner. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Chris has never seen this movie. Anthony and I, we're fans. We like this. Yeah, fuck you guys. Uh, people hate on this movie. People say it's terrible. People make fun of it. Grizz is probably going to fucking hate it. But <laughs> yeah. I will defend it till I will die on this hill. Let's hit the trailer. Did you weigh yourself? 297. Billy, you were 297 last week. It takes some time for these diets to work. For Billy Halleck, life is sweet. Maybe I gotta rub the Buddha! Bigger is better. I hate it when you do that. No, you love it. And too much is never enough. Winning! Winning! You've got to stop eating like that. I can't help it, Heidi. All I think about is food. But tonight, all of that will change. <laughs> Kill my daughter and I curse you. Sinner. From the best selling novel by Stephen King comes the new shape of terror. This diet you're on, what is it? I don't think you'd like it, Henry. You're being erased. Fear the power. That old gypsy put a curse on me. It's all your fault if you hadn't hit that old lady. Beware the danger. This is getting out of hand. This has been out of hand, and I'm just the guy to put it back. Believe the curse. Please, take it off before this goes any further. I never take it off. Stephen King's Dinner. More terror. Less filling.
Okay, Grizz, what do you think, man? Uh, I kind of gave you a, you know, you saw the trailer. I gave you a rundown. Joe Montana. Is this your type? Is this your Joe Montana? <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this your Montaigne. type? Of, is this your type of thing, or you think we will? Uh, uh, the verdict is still out. Fifty-fifty. Um, from what I can see, it looks interesting. It's tough with these '90s movies, man. Like they're gonna be. There's something I absolutely love. It, or excuse me, something that I fucking hate. Like Puppet Master, I fucking hate. A lot of people like that shit. For me, it doesn't do it for me. So it's hit or miss with these kind of movies. And, uh, you know, Stephen King is also hit or miss. There's a lot that I love and a lot that I hate. So this is a true gamble, but I'm, I'm willing to take the chance. A 15% on Rotten Tomatoes with a review that states, Thinner could have been an opportunity to examine the ethics of a slick lawyer who refuses to accept responsibility for his actions. Unfortunately, questions of morality are of secondary importance to a film that emphasizes its death wish aspects. Come on, man. There we go. You can't be bringing that Charles Bronson shit in here and it's sucking. (laughs) I mean, come on. I right. mean, I'm interested because of, of Tom Holland's connection. Yes. Yes. So that that immediately fucking gets me interested. I love Child's Play. I love Fright Night. So if, if it's anything that's like, like those, then I'm sure I'll get into this as well. Dude, Tom Holland, reliable. He's reliable. reliable. He's reliable. So sure. we'll be uh, seeing Grizz's reaction next week when we show him Thinner. All right, guys. I think that's about uh, that's about it. Are you guys telling me I'm fat and I need to lose weight? Is this your way of like being subtle? Like, oh, we're doing thinner. You know, I, I get it. You guys are just fucking dope. <laughs> hey, dude, I can't help it that I got these fucking pythons, these man. All right, I worked hard show. for this. Yeah, just he wait. He turned an insult in, on you to a compliment dude, about Dude, you should no, show, show Anthony, man. Show him. Show him your guns, dude. Who these motherfuckers? Look at, Boom, <laughs> look at him. He lost all that weight. Look, good. looking good in the neighborhood it, up baby. there. Cutting it. Yeah, look at you. So, Anthony, <laughs> where could they find you on the internet? Ape City on Instagram. Grizz, where could they find you? You can find me on PumpinIronMonkey.com. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore Enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video. And you can find everything we do at www.BadTasteVideo.com. We will see you next week with Thinner.